welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, the last few weeks, months even, we've been discussing some really hard topics. Uh, we promised you when we started that we wouldn't shy away from hard topics, and finally here we are. Um, we started out with mental health and thought that that was going to be a challenge, and it was, but it paled in comparison to what we tackled in June. Um, we talked about racism in agriculture, um, you know, animal activists jump or uh, increased efforts to to um, hinder agricultural animal agriculture um, operations, and finally last week we talked about exploitation in ag, and you know in a in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to talk about these things, but if 2020 has shown us anything, we know that it's certainly not a perfect world. But here we are, and we're glad that you have joined us along the way um, to get to where we are right now. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when the episodes air each Thursday morning, especially for the last um, few weeks. My anxiety level, I've noticed, is a little higher than normal, and I don't and I kept wondering, why do I always want to check all the social media platforms? Why am I checking our um, downloads? And why am I monitoring this so close? And it, it, it dawned on me that we've been t tackling some tough issues. And we've, you know, tackled some things and had some conversations with people that we disagreed with. Something that's a little or a lot, <laughs> I guess, out of both Catherine and I's wheelhouse. Because it's like... We want to get along with everybody. We want to complain with the people that are complaining. We want to agree with the people that are agreeing on things because we don't we we don't want conflict. It doesn't sit well in our stomachs. It makes us uncomfortable, but we can't go anywhere if we all are here to get along. We to take the next generation of agriculture, to take the next generation of citizens into the next into the next decade. We got to start rocking the boat and asking these hard conversations and sitting down and having dialogue. I know last night um, at the dinner table last um, with my family, politics is always um, <laughs> something we discuss, but we got into some deep stuff on transgender and Pride Month and racism. And it was really cool to see dialogue happening because we didn't all agree on the topics at hand, but we were able to have those tough conversations and and I think it's one, moms in politics, um, but two, because of everything that's going on and how courageous we are to speak up, we were able to have those dialogues and we weren't screaming at each other either when we left. We still aren't on the same page, but we weren't screaming at each other. You know, and that's a, that's a huge accomplishment right there because so much of what we have come up against with these topics and others previous to our podcast, um, you just couldn't have those conversations because everybody is too emotional, too worked up, too convinced that their point is absolutely correct and everybody else is wrong. Um, and it takes putting aside your ego, sitting down with people who you love and also who you love and who you know, but also with people who you don't know and hearing their stories and their perspectives and being respectful of all sides of everything and then trying to form, you know, an informed or an educated opinion after you've listened to more than just what your your perspective is. And, you know, I say this with all love, but in general, I would say that Americans have a pretty narrow worldview um, just because of how blessed we are and where we're at and, and you know, the things that we work with on a daily basis. Um, but there's, there's a lot more going out there than 
going on out there than we than even Valerie and I knew when we started this dang podcast. Um, but you know, the last the last few months and weeks have really, really stretched us. So, you know, we're slightly exhausted. We are mentally drained, but um, our souls are full. And we finally feel like we're starting to accomplish what we set out to do um, all those weeks ago, 43 weeks ago, as a matter of fact. Yeah, there, we said we weren't going to shy away um, from tough topics, and it seems like they just keep getting tougher. Um, but we've gotten really good feedback and a lot more, I think, positive feedback than we were expect- expecting, especially on the racism episode, um, because we know... Um, There's a lot of people in the agricultural community specifically that have kind of put a stiff arm to what's going on in the country and kind of turned a blind eye and said, this doesn't affect me. And so it really, that one specifically had my stomach in knots when it aired because I knew what was right. I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what we wanted to put out there, but I was scared at the backlash we were going to get. Absolutely. The anxiety that you talk about on Thursday mornings, I've got it too. And I'm, I'm checking the stats and we're texting each other back and forth. And oh my gosh, did you see this? Did you see that? And that was, it was definitely very high for our racism episode. And so today, listeners, um, we wanted to just reflect on our last few episodes, um, share some of your thoughts that you have, you have sent to us on these topics. And, you know, just do a little bit of a look back and see where we started and where we've come from. And also encourage you listeners um, to continue having the dialogue and and we want to show we're sharing these positive feedbacks and some of the comments we got to show you the dialogue that can be had around these issues. And even though sometimes we don't agree or we're going to agree to disagree on some things, um, dialogue can still happen. And the importance of dialogue is what we really want to drive home in this reflection episode is that continue to have the hard conversations, pick up the phone and call somebody that you disagree with and, and and stretch yourself, you know, change happens when you're uncomfortable. And the thing is that, um, you know, being on an extreme of one issue or another really doesn't get you very far, even though it doesn't seem like it these days with, you know, our, our politics and everything going on in the world, Compromise really is key to actually changing the world and starting and having those dialogues is where we can start to break down the barriers to come to some sort of consensus and then start working on the real change in the world. So we're going to start off um, reflecting on our episode on racism. Um, You know, we received a little bit of pushback, which we expected, but we've received a lot less than we expected. and just wanted to share some of some of your your notes that you sent us, which we found um, really really moving. And we want to encourage you, listeners, to continue to reach out, continue to comment, continue to direct message us. We keep, we have been keeping a running list of all these. Um, one for our reflection back um, on things, but also to share with with our listeners too. We take off the names when we share it. Um, but we want to we want to continue the dialogue, and we want it with you, listeners, too. So, listen to what some of um, your fellow listeners have said. But feel free to continue to reach out and comment on these episodes as you listen or re-listen to them. You want to read so, the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the notes I received said, "I finished listening to it today. 
You guys did an amazing job. Extremely difficult, uncomfortable conversations that have to start. I cried a few times. My family is pretty diverse, black brother, cop sister. We are fifth generation ranchers. It all hits home very hard. Everything you portrayed in ag was spot on. We can't stick our heads in the sand anymore. The next one we got um, made me tear up a little bit. Um, it said, you younger generation humans have your hands full. Very few people like to be uncomfortable and most avoid it like a fresh cow pie on a hot day. Our family has had the privilege of looking this issue in the face for the past 23 years. I have said this many, many times. Most people we grow up with are not overt racist and when given the chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with it, acknowledge their lack of walking a mile in another's boots. Real change happens there every time. I, re I remember the first cattleman's meeting I took my son to when he was 18 months old. He was running his action heroes up a guy's pant leg where I couldn't see it. Later on, the guy said to me, I'm glad you brought your guy today. I put some thought away, I, excuse me, I put some thoughts away that I had already had about them black folks and I won't have them anymore. The three women in the podcast are a great value of all of us in ag and worthy of praise for introducing this topic, especially at this time. Our next one um, comes from um, a listener who we've only just barely connected with, and it's been incredible how many really true and honest notes we received from people who were separated by a degree or two, um, but our, our messages are speaking to them, and that's been a really cool outcome of this as well. I listened on my run this morning, not to belittle your mental health series, but I think this one was even more important. The cool kids in ag are talking about the importance of mental health. I don't hear them talking about racism. Ag is on the wrong side of history with this issue. I've spent the last several weeks listening to black people and learning. I've been so uncomfortable by the stories they share. I'm not certain ag is willing to do the work and be uncomfortable. And it is work. It's exhausting. It's necessary. Your guest was outstanding. Is she active on any social media platforms? And we will find that out for you listeners. I would love to give her a follow. Thank you for talking about this. Please keep talking about it. I've learned silence is no better than being racist and I have pledged to make changes. And that's, those are just a few that we received. We've gotten texts, we've gotten phone calls. Um, we've gotten people that said they agree halfway with us. And um, we've got people that say they agree three quarters, but that's a start. And I feel like we've started the conversation and we started to put our biases or recognize our biases when they come up in conversation and, and being willing to talk about white privilege too, because I think that's the hardest thing that agriculture has to talk about is the white privilege. Um, at least in my circle of, of friends and family, um, white privilege is something we don't, we want to say we work really, really, really hard at, and have earned every single penny that has ever been brought in on this farm. And I agree, but we also have some, some white privilege um, that's helped us get there. And I had a friend I was talking to this weekend about it, and I was, I was struggling to continue to have this dialogue with, with agriculture and with other people. And he said, you know, one way I help people here explain it is, have you ever been pedaling and you have a tailwind? You really don't know you have that tailwind, but it's just that much easier when you're pedaling. And that's, I think, a great explanation to white privilege that I've been trying to, you know, add on to that episode. 
Listeners, um, Valerie and I have talked about this episode a lot. Uh, we are thrilled to tell you that it has had um, our highest number of downloads out of any of our episodes. It continues to get new downloads every week. And we realized that we started the conversation, but if we only, you know, if we, if we leave it there um, and don't, don't continue it, we've only ourselves given lip service to it. And we are really, really conscious of, of not letting that happen. And so rest assured that we will be bringing more conversations about racism and agriculture to you in the near future. Um, it's something that we continue to learn and grow about. And um, we hope that, that you will stay along for the ride because that was a really powerful episode, um, you know, for us to record, for you to listen to, and we thank you for helping us to put it out into the world. Absolutely. Then we, um, the next episode that we did after that was uh, Project Counterglow, which was uh, mapping all the confined animal feeding operations and animal operations for that manner um, on a map. And we had pro um, Protect the Harvest on for that. And that was, you know, something that hit a little close to home for Catherine and I, because it's a topic that we've it was, <laughs> it was a lot close to home. It was a lot close to home. And and Catherine's family's on the map. Mine barely doesn't make the map, but our neighbors are on the map. Um, and, it, and it just makes you angry because of the intention behind it. But we were able to have some really good dialogue and, and start getting the conversation going in agriculture um, as well. But we also got some comments from some vegans as well, which was really fascinating to me. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. We haven't, like we've said before, we really haven't had a lot of pushback on, on any of our episodes, um, even ones that have dealt with confined animal feeding operations before. Um, but this one, we, we got some traction on Twitter um, from a few vegan activists. And, um, you know, it was just interesting to, to see where they were coming from. Um, you know, they seem to be just as passionate and, and, believe that everything they see on their side of this is absolutely true as we are on our side of it. And, um, you know, it was an interesting brush for me and Valine because uh, you guys know us, we, we do a little bit of, you know, um, being agreeable and, and, you know, trying not to ruffle too many feathers. But on the other hand, um, you know, ruffling feathers is like compromise. It's where growth happens. And so we are thankful that that came about from it. And uh, we sure, we're sure that there's going to be more. Um, but, you know, that was a really great episode um, for us to stretch our wings a little bit and, and uh, you know, interact with um, some of the world outside of agricultural media. And um, it was interesting. Catherine too, the diff the two different, I guess, types of vegans. And I don't know categorizing um, vegans is maybe not the best thing, but you had the ones that were, were passionate, but willing to have true dialogue. And then you had the trollers. <laughs> right. And so I think recognizing like who is still willing to have dialogue with us and we want to have dialogue but trollers and naysayers and just hateful people are people we have learned not to respond to. So that's something else um, for our listeners is kind of finding people you can have dialogue with versus just throwing hateful words towards one another. 
And in response to that, I mean, we did get some vegan activists, you know, adding us on Twitter and, and, you know, they, they weren't so excited about our conclusions, but um, we did have a comment and it's, it's not her first one from someone I actually went to high school with. And um, she has since become a vegan and it's been, you know, interesting for me to um, try to start to understand how she came to that decision. But um, she, she left us a note that we thought was pretty interesting. It says, so because I'm a vegan, when I started listening to this podcast, I was thinking that it was probably not going to be one I would like, but funny enough, I think we actually agree. I would like to say I'm really sorry about the fear that this is causing, meaning Project Counterglow. I wish I could say you have no reason to be scared. I have struggled because I believe in veganism. I believe in education. I believe in people making an informed decision about their plates. I wish animals were not harmed or killed where they don't have to be, but I don't believe in saves. And I think that's an activist term for um, drastic action, like, you know, letting cows loose or mink loose or something like that. And I really hope they are not doctoring videos because that is anti-education. I would be excited to hear you turn your farm into a sanctuary, but sad to hear that someone caused damage to your property, took your livestock, or, or changed the law so you had to change. So from a vegan activist, not extremist, here's one big I'm sorry. And that comment just really blew me away for one. Um, you know, this is someone who I, I knew pretty well in high school, and then, you know, we sort of lost touch with each other, and clearly her worldview has changed, but she is here trying to have a conversation, and listeners, I am going to promise you that we're going to have her on um, within the next few episodes, because that is someone we can have a dialogue with, and, you know, probably agree to disagree, but understand more of, more of her worldview and where she's coming from. And I think, she was very courageous in saying, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's, I, those words to me go a long ways. And like, we're going to agree to disagree on eating meat and having dairy in our diet, but she's willing to have dialogue and she doesn't want to harm your family's operations. She doesn't agree with what your family is doing, but she's not going to harm or prevent you from doing what you're doing. Exactly. And, you know, in turn, I would like to apologize for animal agriculture for painting all vegans with a very broad brush. It's easy to do. You know, it's certainly not something we understand. We all like meat, milk, cheese, poultry, all of that good stuff. Um, but just like there are moderates in anything and probably more moderates than extremists, um, it turns out that there's moderate vegans too. And we think that their voices need to be heard and we're going we're gonna to talk with them. And maybe we should, we will never um, get her to eat meat or buy our um, products, but maybe we can see why she's not buying them, how we can tailor what our family's operations are doing to help meet another demand in this world and, and see what we can do to better our operations, our, our structure and, and move forward. Yeah. And, you know, maybe provide a little bit more understanding on, on their side as well. Um, a give and take and a compromise, just like we've been saying throughout this whole episode. Well, and speaking of give and take and compromise, I think that leads into our last episode um, with, with Sarah Mock. Um, so I, for me, um, posting racism, posting Project Counterglow, posting um, the mental health stuff was really gut-wrenching, but I think 
the actual recording of the episode with Sarah had to have been one of the hardest I have been a part of. Um, for me, when we recorded it, it was a long day at the office. I was stuck in traffic. I was already a little like frantic and we really disagreed on some issues. And, and that I think showed, but it was one of the most courageous and most stretching episodes we've done. And I'm, I'm proud of it. I am too. Uh, that episode was hard. I, like you said, Val, we'd had a long day in the office. Um, I guess I'd been out in the field and, you know, covered in cow crap and things like that. And um, I remember coming into this episode, I was feeling a little punchy. And even afterwards, my husband commented and said, you're a little wound up before you recorded that. And um, I was, I was because Sarah had a lot of things to say that hit nerves with me. And, um, you know, it, it was uncomfortable to listen to. Um, but really what it was, was I was realizing some of the things that I, I wasn't maybe the most informed about or, or maybe wasn't, you know, following, following where the science or, or the, the data points really, really show. Um, but there were definitely things that we disagreed about and listeners, you would have heard it in our episode. And, you know, it's sort of funny. We, we have outlines for our guests on, on our episodes and, you know, we just use that as sort of a guideline to go along, but we, we took an immediate left turn off of our, off of our outline last week and, um, Sarah rolled with it. She, she was gracious and polite throughout the whole thing. Um, I, I tried to unruffle my feathers a little bit and at the end we had a really, you know, after we finished recording, we had a really great, honest conversation. Um, and she's one who we're excited to continue to follow and promote some of her work because she asks questions that are incredibly uncomfortable um, and, and, you know, make you rethink your conventional agricultural worldview. And on the other hand, there's some things, you know, that, that uh, got a little pushback on her perspective and, and uh, Valine and I um, wanted to make sure that what we knew to be true was heard. And um, after that, we had, we got a really incredible follow-up note from her. Yeah. Um, when I pulled up that email, I didn't know, I think it was titled, thank you. So that at least calmed me down because I was, I was really nervous to see what she had to say. Would she share our work? What, where were we going? Because it, it got a little heated and, and we could feel the tension kind of in the air as we were recording as everybody can when, when the conversation gets heated. But this is what her email said. I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say that the interview you led last night was really something. To be honest, it was scary because I was coming up against different opinions and sensitive topics and you all did not shy away for a second. You pushed me out of my comfort zone and you heard me out when I did the same. It's sticking with me just how rare that is in ag and ag journalism. And I just wanna say thank you for doing what you do and reminding me that there's smart, thoughtful people out there that want to have these hard conversations. Your podcast is underrated, but you've earned a true fan and advocate in me. I'll be out there raising up your work and hopefully pushing you like you all pushed me to be better, smart, and more thoughtful all the time. Y'all make me feel like there just might be a place for me in ag after all. So that really tugged on our heartstrings. Um, we weren't expecting that kind of a message and we for sure weren't expecting her to say, um, 
you know, smart, thoughtful people out there who want to have these conversa conversations. Um, you know, Val and I try our best every week to bring relevant, timely, and, and different information to you, our listeners. Um, but sometimes it feels like we're shouting into the void and, um, you know, it can be tough to, to want to continue on, but we get notes like that, all the notes that we've read above and feel like we are finally, finally starting to really hit our mission, um, you know, to talk about these tough topics, to keep every, every topic on tap and to, to celebrate and, and investigate, um, American agriculture and all of the good things it is and all the things that we wish maybe could be a little bit better. Yeah, we've, you know, since the country was established, um, as we head into the 4th of July um, weekend, um, just reflecting back on the last 300-ish years that our country's been here, and Niagara culture is the foundation of that. Without food, our ancestors couldn't have survived, and so for us to continue to survive, um, one, agriculture needs to adapt to the present day. Um, and we need to hit these topics head on. We need to have these conversations. Racism affects us. Veganism, activists affect us. Um, exploitation in agriculture. People that want to try different things that are questioning our current practices. That affects us, but how can we adapt? How can we have conversations? What can we better? What can we take from that? And how can we go forward? Because if we want to continue having food for our country, we need to we need to have conversations and we need to check some of our practices and say, hey, what can we do better? Yeah, we have to, we have to, we of course celebrate agriculture and what we do every day. It's, it's incredible what American agriculturists do together as a whole. Um, to keep our country and others fed, uh, you know, and, and, and we really don't know what hunger is like for the vast majority of us, although there still are people in our country who do know what hunger is, and that's something that we need to work on. But we have to have these conversations. We have to keep talking about it. We have to be uncomfortable. And if there's anything Valine and I have learned over the past 43 weeks is that being uncomfortable while it's uncomfortable is actually a really good thing. Um, making change is hard. Reaching out for those hard to get guests is hard. Um, but like Valine keeps saying, we can all make a difference by having dialogue, by wanting to, by wanting to have dialogue and, and seeking it out, um, looking out for each other and, and taking a deep breath because, you know, we're all going to say something stupid or something silly. Um, we're all going to make mistakes. <laughs> uh, you've witnessed some of those on our podcast and, um, you know, I'll, I'll let Val finish with her favorite phrase. <laughs> this, is a phrase really up. <laughs> this is a phrase I heard on uh, Brene Brown's podcast a few weeks ago, and I've, I think I've written it and said it more times, um, but it's just a reminder to me um, to, to keep going forward and just keep, keep putting your neck out. But she says, be awkward, be brave, and be kind. So agriculture, let's take a step forward and be awkward, be brave, and be kind together. This is Millennial Ag. We are recording this on the very last day of June 2020, and we wish you all a very happy and safe 4th of July, and we hope that your corn is at least knee-high. <laughs>